Hello, and welcome to Breast Cancer Conversations, a podcast brought to you by survivingbreastcancer.org. I'm your host, Laura Carfing, breast cancer survivor and founder of survivingbreastcancer.org, a nonprofit organization providing community, education, and resources to empower those diagnosed with breast cancer and their caregivers from day one and beyond. Our podcasts are made possible in part by corporate sponsor, Store My Tumor. Hi, William. It's so great to have you back on the show. I definitely wanted to allocate this episode to learn more about specifically coffee edemas. I think there is so much information out there in terms of treatment and different types of medicine, especially between you know traditional medicine, chemotherapy, surgery, radiation as it relates to breast cancer, but you know also trying to do our own research and figuring out, okay, what are complementary care that we can provide ourselves, um, perhaps, you know, more holistic type of medicines, alternative treatments. And really what I wanted to do today was let our listeners know what else is out there to be an informational source for people to make their own decisions, but to provide them with different options. So we're so glad to have you on the show today. Thank you, Laura. It's my pleasure to be here. And uh, I, too, agree that, um, you know, traditional medicines have their place in the world, but the non-traditional homeopathic, naturopathic, etc., um, approaches towards resolution of chronic illnesses have been around for thousands and thousands of years. And it makes perfect sense for um, patients and caregivers to at least um, research and, and take a look at some of these other um, medicinal or non-medicinal approaches. And, and typically they involve uh, plant-based diets and uh, all sorts of other non-toxic related, um, non-chemical related approaches towards a resolution of the chronic illness. So I would invite the listeners to to do their due diligence and to investigate and um, you know, communicate their investigative uh, evidence to their oncology teams and and uh, and or reach out to the community at large to see if anyone else has experienced the non-traditional approach and what the success rate was. Yeah, I think you bring up some really good points too. I think at the end of the day, it's about being healthy and giving our bodies what makes us personally feel better. And that's a very individualized approach. I know when I, prior to my breast cancer diagnosis, I was a strict vegan. And prior to being vegan, I was a vegetarian. And so for about 20 years, I did not have any meat. I didn't have any fish. And then gradually, as I was going from being a vegetarian to a vegan, I slowly cut out eggs. I slowly cut out the dairy products and was eating pretty much a healthy vegan diet. And so I was very surprised, again, to find out that I had breast cancer after going, after considering myself to be so healthy. But then when you find out the statistics that only about 10% of diagnoses are related to genetics and family history, that leaves the other 90% to really be environmental causes. And so if you think about all the toxins that we're putting into our bodies, you know, I would get my hair dyed regularly. I wash my hair with just, you know, shampoos that you can buy over the counter at CVS. I'm using makeup and not really concerned about the toxicity of the chemicals that I am putting on my face and in my skin every single day. So I think, you know, I'm really excited to hear what you talk about today about how to help us flush out some of these 
toxins that had been, you know, we're breathing in pollutants all the time, you know, some things we have more control over than not, but I'm really excited to have you kind of jump right in and share, you know, one modality of, you know, cleansing. It's my pleasure to be here and, and hopefully the conversation stimulates uh, a number of folks to do their own due diligence and, and, and jump in and research non-traditional uh, means uh, towards uh, resolving the, the chronic illness um, that they're exposed to or, or, or their, their loved ones are exposed to. Excellent. So to recap, so in today's episode, we have William here. He's going to speak to us about coffee edemas. This information is based on the research that he's been doing um, on the topic. So I'm just going to let him kind of dive right into what he's been going out there and finding out and paraphrasing it all for us so we can understand. So thank you very much. Again, most of this uh, research that we're discussing today is, is to be found on the Dr. Max Gerson website, which is the Gerson way. And um, What I, was the website? Dr. Was, Max Gerson, the Gerson Way. Oh, the, was it gersonway.com or do you Ger know? Gersonway.com. Okay, excellent. And sorry, I'm just so intrigued by this. He has an institute though also, right? Correct. So. He's got an institute in California, one in Mexico, one in, uh, uh, one in Europe. I believe it's Belgium. And um, it's a great story and it's, it's really interesting. Homeopathic um, physicians have been around for thousands and thousands of years and and uh it's it's a pleasure and it's an inspiring tale to to read about the discovery and the accomplishment and again um there's a lot of naysayers out there so we would ask our um, our listeners to do their own due diligence and to communicate they their findings with their own team and, and also to let us know how things are going if in fact they are looking to uh, reach out and uh, try some non-traditional approaches. Yeah, I think that's a really great point too. So I promise I will stop asking questions so we can get into the, the nitty gritty of this topic. But again, we are not medical professionals. We are just providing information out there for our listeners to be able to, you know, kind of pick what works best for them. So without further ado. I'll turn things over to you. Thank you. Welcome to the conversation. This morning, I'd like to deal with um, part of the continuing story of the uh, Dr. Max Gerson homeopathic method for dealing with um, chronic illnesses, including uh, cancers. Today, I wanted to discuss uh, briefly um, discuss the scientific basis of coffee enemas. I know it's a squeamish thought for most people. The Gerson methodology utilizes coffee enemas extensively. Um, as, as we reported in our original uh, introductory session with Gerson, emphasized uh, uh, a plant-based diet, a heavy, heavy juicing uh, to, to grab as many nutrients as possible and not grab the uh, calories, um, uh, carb-free, sodium-free, et cetera, et cetera. But he also, he also scheduled his patients for enemas and up to five times a day. And uh, I just wanted today to discuss the, uh, the, the scientific basis of, of what a coffee enema does and um, reiterating the purpose of that enema because uh, many people 
who are new to the therapy always were asking uh, about that and um, also as a reminder to others uh, how we can best explain this procedure to others now if you if you google coffee enemas on youtube you'll find uh, quite a few um, explanations and variations on the same theme so I would you I would encourage you to uh, continue to research it and look and and um, uh, um, get a different perspective on it and see if it's if it works for you uh, obviously uh, as the as is the case with any um, stopgap measuring that you're taking in an effort to fight off uh, chronic illness um, you want to make sure that you're covering your basis with your uh, uh, oncological team so coffee enemas are a vital part of the uh, detoxification process for the Dr. Max Gerson therapy. The purpose of the enema is to remove toxins accumulated in the liver and to remove free radicals from the bloodstream. So in the 20s, the 1920s that is, uh, several German professors tested the effects of infused caffeine on rats. They found that the caffeine travels via the hemorrhoidal vein and uh, the portal system to the liver, opening up the bile ducts and uh, allowing the liver to release bile, which contains the toxins. Now, this is pretty interesting stuff. So the uh, theobromine and theophylline and the caffeine and the coffee dilate blood vessels and bile ducts, uh, relaxing smooth muscles and increase the bile flows. Uh, later on, doctors at the University of Minnesota showed that Coffee administered rectally also stimulates an enzyme system in the liver called uh, glutha, pardon me, but glutha, glutathione S transferase by 600 to 700% above normal activity levels. This uh, enzyme reacts with free radicals, which cause cell damage in the bloodstream and makes them inert. Uh, thus, these neutralized substances become dissolved in the bile and are released through the bile flow from the liver and gallbladder. Uh, they're excreted through the intestinal tract. A Gerson patient typically holds the coffee enema in the colon for 12 to 15 minutes. Now here's why. During this time, the body's entire blood supply passes through the liver minimum four to five times, carrying poisons that have been picked up from the uh, tissues of the body. So the enema acts as a form of dialysis of the blood across the gut wall. The purpose of the coffee enemas is not to clear out the intestines, but the quarter of water in the enema stimulates peristalsis in the gut. So a portion of the water also dilutes the bile and increases the bile flow, thereby flushing toxic bile, which is loaded with those toxins by the glutathione S transferase enzyme system right out of the intestines. So a patient coping with chronic degenerative disease or an acute illness can achieve the following benefits from the lowering of blood serum toxin levels achieved by regular administration of coffee enemas, uh, increased energy cell production, enhanced tissue health, improved blood circulation, better immunity, and tissue repair and cellular regeneration. So um, that's the scientific basis of it. And, and um, uh, let me just briefly go into the, uh, the coffee enema procedure itself. And um, again, uh, you can't overstate it enough. It's, it's a part of the Gerson therapy, which also includes the diet juicing and, and specific supplements 
the purpose is to detoxify that body by lowering those uh, uh, serum toxins. So supplies are coffee. Once again, it's organic, uh, medium roast and medium ground. Uh, the recipe is to take three rounded tablespoons of drip ground coffee and add to a quart of boiling distilled or filtered water. Typically, he's looking for um, distilled water, not water out of your tap. Boil for five minutes uncovered and then simmer covered for another 15 minutes. Uh, to strain, uh, a fine strainer can be used or if you're using a coarser one, use a piece of uh, white cotton cloth, uh, t-shirt type. Um, some water is lost with the boiling process, so add water to complete a quart. Let it cool to body temperature. That's key. You don't want to be injecting uh, ultra-hot coffee into your intestines, so I'll stress that again. Let it cool to body temperature. Uh, needed for the enema, um, plastic enemy, enema bucket, excuse me, connector <coughs> and a... Um, uh, a tube, a 32-ounce jar of coffee, a distilled water dispenser, a pad to place under you, a water-based lubricant, a Castile soap to clean the equipment, etc. Um, as far as the administering purpose or, or place, the enema can be administered on a bed, um, a bench, or on the floor, uh, protected with a, a plastic pad sheet and a towel. And, the enema bucket should not be more than 18 inches above you to allow a nice slow flow. You don't want to jam this enema uh, into your body. You want it to be released uh, in a timely fashion. It should take five to seven minutes to get a quart uh, into your intestines and into your liver. So while lying on your right side, again, that's key, pull your legs toward the chest in a nice relaxed position. And cover yourself with a blanket to keep warm if it's cool on, on the floor or the tub or wherever you've chosen to uh, um, receive the enema. Uh, so the coffee enema is, is administered to the rectum at body temp and held 12 to 15 minutes, then released. If it's difficult to hold the enema, a warm 12-ounce distilled water enema can be used first to, to uh, basically to empty the colon. So the, the frequency of the enema the coffee enema, as well as uh, a castor oil treatment, uh, which, which we'll discuss in a second, is usually reduced after a period of time. So it's very important that um, patients recognize uh, that uh, we're all unique and the toxicity levels, uh, diagnosis, a particular spread of the disease, pretreatment, prior diet, and other factors all affect toxicity. If a patient is too quick to reduce enemas or castor oil, progress on the therapy may be compromised. Um, they can uh, uh, overemphasize the fact that a typical Gerson patient must learn to listen to his or her body. That's true of all patients. Um, lastly, let me get into the... Um, the castor oil piece. Now, um, historically, those of us who are familiar with the term castor oil uh, recognize that it makes us a little bit squeamish and, and uh, typically older uh, users, uh, older readers would uh, remember and recall the use of castor oil as a laxative. Um, but on, with regards to the Gerson therapy, castor oil serves a different, very important purpose, and, and one of the ways that uh, Gerson found to enhance the detoxification of the liver was through the use of castor oil, taken orally and as an enema, uh, remembering that one of the functions of bile is the emulsification of fats and oils, uh, and we can stimulate the bile flow by increasing the intake of fats. 
Uh, however, we don't want to actually emulsify and absorb the fat because fats and oils in the diet promote growth of cancer and are implicated in other disorders as well. So this is where castor oil can provide a unique benefit in enhancing detoxification. Castor oil cannot be emulsified by the body. When it goes through the mouth, it comes out unchanged at the other end. While passing through the small intestines, large amounts of bile are secreted in an attempt to emulsify this unmulsifiable oil. The result is a significant increase in bile flow, thereby enhancing the ability of the liver to remove more toxins from the blood. So in most cases, the castor oil treatment is used every other day in early stages of Gerson therapy. Patients who are extremely toxic or who have been treated with chemo uh, prior to uh, Gerson treatment do not receive castor oil as the toxic residues can be reduced too rapidly, uh, sometimes causing uh, serious side effects from the residues of the chemotherapy drugs still present in the system. As to the inevitable question, um, do I have to recognize that the castor oil is one of the most effective ways we have of, of enhancing the detoxification of the liver uh, because it serves a slightly different purpose from the coffee enemas. Uh, one should not be substituted for the other. Unless it is contraindicated for the particular patient's condition, castor oil, like all other aspects of the regimen, should be considered an important part of the treatment. Normally, uh, the following procedure would be used every other day for the first six to eight weeks while on the Gerson therapy. Uh, part one is the oral intake, the patient to take by mouth, two tablespoons of castor oil at about five in the morning, followed by a cup of black coffee uh, by mouth again with a teaspoonful of organic raw brown sugar. Uh, they use succinate, which is uh, commonly available at Whole Foods and um, uh, uh, a brand types. There's essential, uh, if there's any sensitivity to taking the coffee by mouth, uh, patients can be um, uh, permitted to utilize uh, peppermint tea with lemon. And then uh, patients can take their regular morning coffee enema. So uh, on the second piece, the administration of the castor oil, uh, five hours after the oral castor oil is taken, the 10 a.m. coffee enema is replaced with a castor oil enema. The procedure is as follows. Uh, preheat some castor oil to about 100 degrees by placing the castor oil bottle in warm water for a few minutes. Uh, put four tablespoons of the warmed castor oil into an enema bucket. Uh, again, a bag's not recommended for this procedure as it's a hot oil. Add a quarter teaspoon of ox bile powder. You can find that online uh, through Amazon, etc. And put a squirt of non-toxic Castile soap into the coffee, just enough to get a little bit of soap into the solution. Uh, add uh, 32 ounce of regular coffee solution, heated to body temp, and stir the entire mixture until it forms an emulsion. Um, some folks find it uh, easier to use the electric mixer. Uh, so when mixed, the oil uh, still tends to rise to the top, so uh, the solution will need to be stirred while it is flowing into the rectum. This can be quite a trick. If the patient cannot adequately contort to perform the procedure alone, uh, she or he can have somebody do the stirring for them as the mixture is taken. The castor oil enema may be difficult to hold. Release when necessary after no more than 10 minutes. <clears throat> Again, the normal enema is, uh, coffee enema is held for uh, 10 to 15. Um, so that's it um, with regards to the, the scientific 
uh, principle behind a coffee enema and the utilization of castor oil to enhance the detoxification of the liver. Um, I hope this helps, and I hope it helps to stimulate some research on your part as, uh, as, as potential patients to this kind of a methodology. And again, I would um, advise all out there to uh, consult their physicians prior to uh, beginning any uh, non-traditional therapy. Um, but I, I just think that it's, there's an awful lot out there with regards to non-traditional and um, uh, homeopathic uh, uh, remedies which have been utilized for literally thousands of years. Uh, I believe that the first coffee enemas were uh, discussed somewhere in the vicinity of 300 to 400 years before Christ. So they've been around for a long time, and there's a recognition of, uh, of how significant a role the coffee enema can play uh, with regards to uh, an actual cleanse. Um, that being said, I wish all well, and um, off we go. William, thank you so much for providing all of this information on not just coffee edemas, but you also went into the castor oils, the benefits of these different detoxification methods, and oh, I had so many questions for you. Um, one of them I have to say is, how did you discover this? How did you, did you just wake up one day looking for alternative medicines, or like what brought you to this? Well, as was discussed with the uh, the original podcast dealing with the Gerson method, we, survivingbreastcancer.org, ran into a, a wonderful lady down in Naples, Florida, who was attending the McGee Women's Research Institute Symposium. It was a multiple-day uh, symposium, and she had been diagnosed with stage four non-Hodgkin's lymphoma um, some 16, 17, 18 years ago, and, and now she's in her 80s. They had given her approximately uh, one to two years to live and, and told her to get her things in order, and she, um, she took it upon herself to forego the traditional treatments which involve chemotherapy and Homeo, uh, excuse me, uh, hormonal therapies and radiation, etc. And and she instead uh, followed this uh, this Gerson method and is one of the survivors. Uh, she has no trace of uh, cancer in her body and she's doing incredibly well. And she was just a bit of a lightning rod to me, as far as I'm concerned. She she was speaking at this symposium and invariably the more traditional physicians and surgeons uh, didn't want to give a whole lot of credence to the the non-traditional uh, medicinal approaches and um, well, I think it's hard to I'm sorry to interrupt but there's also you know I think with the research that I've been doing there isn't a lot out there right so I think part of the skepticism is is that there's not a lot of evidence-based studies to support one thing over another Whereas I think in terms of research, there's so much funding pouring into more traditional approaches of medicine. There is, and, and a lot of that funding is being provided by the uh, by Big Pharma. And um, there's no question that we are saving women's lives, in particular looking at breast cancer. We are saving women's lives. We are extending their lives 
um, immeasurably compared to where we once were. And so this isn't saying that um, that's not the best methodology. What this is saying is that there are other methodologies available. And if you do your due diligence, uh, which we would encourage folks to do, just to at least to, to study it and take a look at it and, and see what the other options are. Now, some of these other options uh, may work. Some of these options may not work. But again, uh, taking a look at um, the, that 90-10 uh, concept that we've been discussing ad nauseum, 10% um, is genetically predisposed towards getting breast cancer and 90% is not, which means it's coming in from environmental factors. And why? What are these environmental factors? Can we do something about that? And and uh, is there a better way to detoxify the liver and the immune system in our bodies? And I think that's what really attracted me to the study. And I'm hoping that um, that more people will sign on and uh, provide um, impact statements one way or the other. We're fine, both sides. Uh, we, we don't mind broadcasting both sides to any issue. Uh, in all fairness, we're just looking to help uh, provide additional resources to breast cancer survivors. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And can you believe that we have come to this point where we have to sorry, detoxify ourselves versus, you know, the other half is going out there where we could live in a world where this actually wouldn't be an issue and we've come to a place where there isn't cancer. Thank you for tuning in and listening to our show. I would like to acknowledge that all of the information on our podcast are from personal experiences and are not a substitute for professional medical advice. You should always consult with your medical care team. Be sure to follow us on social media via Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, as well as Facebook by looking for Surviving Breast Cancer Org. Details can be found on our website, survivingbreastcancer.org. And if you're looking for specific topics or would like to be a guest on our show, please feel free to send me an email at laura at survivingbreastcancer.org. Until next time, keep on thriving.